0: at Deloitte.com slash US slash Engineering Advantage.
1: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
2: And welcome to an emergency crossover episode of the VergeCast and Decoder. I'm Eli Patel. I host both shows. I've got David Pierce with me. Hello. Alex Heath is here. Hello. We are supposed to be off on both shows this week, but given what happened with OpenAI over the weekend, which is a story about org charts in many ways, we had no choice but to do an emergency episode of our podcast, especially because Alex and I spent our weekends on the phone breaking a bunch of news about the discussions that led to what at this moment is Sam Altman, Microsoft employee, which I can confidently say is an outcome no one thought would happen in this entire (laughs) saga. This is so bananas. (laughs) It is, the whole thing is insane. I'm very much in the weeds on this whole thing. So David, can you help us get through what happened this weekend? Because it is crazy.
0: Yes, okay, so we're, we're gonna do the following in three parts because I think this is the only way to do it in a way that makes any sense. The first thing we're going to do is just basically tell the story of the last 96 hours, starting from sort of midday Friday until where we are right now. Things are still changing. There's a non-zero chance that real news will break while we're recording this, but we're going to get as close to (laughs) the moment as we can as we do this. And so I just want to tell the story all the way through. Then I want to talk about the the org charts piece that you're talking about. We're gonna talk about open AI as a company and how this happened. And I know that's a thing you two have spent a lot of time trying to sort through and others have done really good reporting on over the course of this weekend. So we're gonna talk about that. And then at the very end, I wrote this down as just winners and losers. <laughs> but <laughs> oh I think boy. it's useful to talk about kind of what this landscape looks like going forward. So all of that said, let's let's just start at the beginning. And and the beginning is Friday afternoon. At least, as far as I can tell, out of absolutely nowhere, OpenAI publishes a blog post saying, in basically as many words, we have fired Sam Altman as our CEO. That's where all of this begins. So the board fires him. They kick Greg Brockman off of the board. He then, a few hours later, immediately quits. And as far as we understand, and you two should correct me if I'm wrong, because I think the like minutes leading up to this are very important. No one, including most people at OpenAI, had. Any idea this was coming, correct?
3: It's not only that they didn't know it was coming, they were actually on a company holiday. So they were taking a like day of rest because of all the craziest of the previous week where they were announcing all these products that Sam was the face of. So not only were they weren't prepared,
2: but it was actually when they were all actively not looking at what was going on at the company. And then externally, the company was totally business as usual, right? Sam had just been on the Hard Fork podcast He had taped an interview with Casey Newton and Kevin Roos, an interview which they had to can because he got fired two days later. He had been doing other appearances. Like, from all external appearances, this was totally business as usual for this company. And Sam was completely shocked when the board called him into a Google Meet, which is also very funny, uh, and fired him. (laughs) And for everything we understand about that Google Meet is they basically read him the statement which is you have not been consistently candid with your communications to the board. And we don't think that we can trust you around the company. And that's all he got. That's all anyone has gotten. So, Alex, one of the things we all immediately
0: started talking about was the like ruthlessness of this statement yeah normally when when you're getting rid of your ceo even if you're essentially firing your ceo you find a way to do this sort of slowly and nicely so that they get to like step away to spend more time with their family or you know take some time off or whatever and everybody pretends this is nice even when it's not this was the opposite of that like i don't don't know that i can remember a thing that felt as much just like a knife of a blog post as this one
3: Oh, yeah. This is ice cold. I mean, this is uh, saying that you are firing someone in a fairly direct way for a situation like this. Usually when it is a co-founder and it is someone as high profile as Sam Altman, like Neil, I was saying, this will be very managed it will phase out uh you know he'll phase out of the company uh it looks like you know uh he's wanting to pursue his passions, those kinds of words, and this was like no we we have knifed uh Sam Altman in the back uh in the night, and I mean, just like what Eli was saying about this being business as usual, he was literally at a conference the day before and the night before even. And I'm told was like, I've got to go. I've got a meeting. And I think it was (laughs) right when all this was starting. So he was literally on stage representing OpenAI with a bunch of artists in Oakland uh, right before all this happened.
0: Okay. So all this happens, uh, Miro C, the CTO... Of OpenAI is promoted to interim CEO, and this is where we are. So then immediately everybody starts scrambling to figure out what the hell is going on here. Basically, was the vibe at the time. You guys start talking to people, and this one answer about what was going on starts to trickle out. Again, this all feels like thousands of years ago. Yeah. Now. But my my memory of this is like the the leading reason became a split between sort of two factions at OpenAI, one that said, basically, we are a research project designed to make sure that we can make AI good for the world, and another side that said, this is a gigantic business that we're going to continue to run like a gigantic business. And that starts to percolate up as, like, first sort of a a leading, like, educated guess, and then we got some reporting that said that was part of the split. But how would you frame kind of what we learned in, in the early hours of, like, what the actual fight was that led to Sam being fired.
2: Milai, what was your sense? You know, I still think we don't know, especially because today Ilya Sitzgiver is saying that he regrets his actions. But the theory on Friday night, <laughs> on Friday night, the theory that started bubbling out and the thing everyone started talking about was that the nonprofit of OpenAI, which owns OpenAI, the commercial entity, of which Sam is the CEO and Microsoft... <laughs> The theory on Friday night that started bubbling out is that OpenAI is a nonprofit. That's the board of directors. That nonprofit controls a commercial entity of which Sam was the CEO and of which Microsoft is an investor. That board thought the commercial entity was moving too fast to commercialize LOMs, right? But that they thought that the danger of the products was too high for how fast Sam was moving. And there are some religious split, ideological split, like that was all very hazy between the people who believed we were on a course to destroy humanity and Sam Altman saying, we're going to do a store for GPTs and you can make Laundry Buddy. <laughs> that was out there. Like that was the conversation that was happening was, is Sam moving too fast with a dangerous technology? Did the board can him for that? Is Ilya a religious believer in the idea that we need to be safer, which is what, you know, OpenAI was founded to to do this safely and make AGI. And the
0: existence of that tension is not new, by the way. Like, that, whether or not that led to what has happened in the last four days, uh, I think you're right. We still don't know. But the existence of that tension between those two sides is pretty real and well-established at this point. That tension is why we have
3: Anthropic and why Elon is doing another AI yeah. company right now. So OpenAI has been consistently chaotic and consistently splitting itself apart really since the beginning. Yeah. I, I just don't think anyone expected it to split from the top in such a dramatic way. <laughs> and, Neil, I think maybe now is where it's probably good to explain who actually made this decision because really this comes down to six people, right? And so we should we should go through exactly who the people were that made this decision, because increasingly, it's becoming clear that now it's three people against the rest of OpenAI, (laughs) which is just
2: an insane position. Which is insane. Also, this is not a public company, so we don't have a record of these votes. The board has not said anything. We don't know if this was a unanimous vote. We don't know if a majority... Like The reporting is that it's a majority vote, but because of what Ilya is saying today... It is actually really unclear what happened here.
3: Well, here's what we know. So Sam and Greg posted on X that Ilya, who is a co-founder, the chief scientist, uh, really described to me by many as like the brains of the operation, Uh, one of the most influential AI researchers in the world, worked at DeepMind before kind of the AGI doom person, I would say, the most prominent one inside the company. He was the one who told Sam and Greg that they were being fired by the board. At that time, the board was six people, including Sam and Greg. So Greg is the board chair. So the board chair found out he got fired from his own board, which is, I don't know how that works. (laughs) Yeah. No clue. Uh, What's clear, because we know Ilya was the one who communicated the message, is that the board needed a majority, so they needed four people. The other three members of the board, besides Ilya, are not open OpenAI employees, right? So they got Ilya to side with them, kick Sam and Greg out without any notice. And now Ilya is saying, after all of this, and after pretty much all of the company is set to resign and go to Microsoft with Sam, I actually regret this. And I also will go to Microsoft with Sam <laughs> if we don't bring them back.
0: OK, we're going to get to that. like. Hey Heath, unbelievable! Spoiler alert on this story. Like, come <laughs> I'm on. Sorry, anybody listening to
2: this is well and spoiled. Like, if you're listening to an emergency episode of this, it's like you're in it.
0: That's fair. Yeah. No, I think where all this goes is very interesting, and I think the the Ilya piece of this is actually super interesting. But just to just to get back to Friday night, because I think like the the timeline here actually matters a lot. So Friday night, we start learning the reasons it happened. I believe three high level OpenAI employees all resign right after this all goes down with sam and greg sam and greg as far as we can tell and i'm curious if you guys have heard anything about this immediately go to work spinning up a new ai company i think it, it was very obvious to everybody immediately <laughs> that they could just like have a company with an llc and a name and people would throw billions of dollars of investment at it yeah and so they started the the things that have been reported are that they were building uh or they were thinking about building an AI chip company to rival NVIDIA. There's been the thing with Sam and Johnny Ive and Masa son working on AI hardware. Sam's largest investor in humane, which is forever hilarious. Did you guys learn anything about what the like counter idea might have been if we landed in the world of Friday night where they just went off and started their own company?
2: No. And I, I think it's actually important to, to fill that in a little bit. I don't know if you've ever been fired, you know, the first thing you do is you plot your revenge, like very emotionally <laughs> plot your revenge, right? And that yes. is what was happening. That is what that communication was. We'll just start a new company. Like it just like it, it. These are still people. They are very human people. As we discovered throughout their actions of the weekend, they might think they're the masters of the universe. They might be playing with eighty billion dollars worth of shareholder value, but they are people. Like just deeply emotional, flawed people just like everybody else. And so that first wave was very much a revenge wave. Like they had no notice, so they had necessarily no plan. So we'll start a new company. I can get the money. Everyone will come over. That was a burst of communication that I think was rooted in just the emotion of the moment. Then I think everyone got some sleep. And then we we entered into Saturday where Alex and I broke the news That the investors were pressuring the OpenAI board to bring these folks back, which bled into today and, again, the the absolutely unpredictable outcome of today. But I think the Friday night we're just going to go start a new company was just the first heated emotion of that moment. And all the people around them were very much saying, hold up, like, can we just control Z this thing and fix it? Like, I heard, like, my interest is just fixing it you know, like very directly from some people, like, I'm just trying to fix it. This is ridiculous. This should have never happened. So I I believe that. But also, Alex, tell me if you agree
0: with me on this or not. I would assume that every venture capitalist on earth with Sam Altman's phone number called him on Friday night and said, tell me how to give you money for your next thing.
3: (laughs) For sure. (laughs) So, I mean, is is your point that like they should have just left and not tried to?
0: No, I just I think, Neil, I think you're right. But I also think the the sort of parallel universe in which they went to start that company is not that far off.
2: Right. I'm not saying I'm not saying it was impossible, right? It was it was a very easily accomplished thing. I think you're correct. The, the money was flowing. The the support was public, right? Um you saw Vinod Kosla, who runs Khosla Ventures, just publicly tweeting how much he supported saying like the money was available from all of his existing investors, probably from Microsoft, right? But the thing that I I'm just trying to underline here is that first wave on friday night of we'll start our own thing was reflexive it was not considered and i there there's a big gap between we'll support you in whatever your next thing is and writing a check against a business plan and that gap was as far as we can tell that no one ever thought about crossing that chasm
0: okay that's fair all right and so let's get to saturday because that's when stuff gets even weirder somehow but first we're going to take a quick break we'll be right back
1: Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech.
0: All right, we're back. So we've had the breakup. We've had the feelings. Everybody's <laughs> putting up angsty away messages. and And then Saturday morning... In the Bay Area somewhere, I don't, reconciliation begins. Neil, I take me through like the beginning of the story on Saturday.
2: So what we had heard is the investors in OpenAI, which is mostly the commercial entity, they were putting a lot of pressure on, hey, we need to at least know what happened. We need to know your reasoning, and we need to see if we can resolve this, this situation. That led to what I'm guessing is yet more Google Meet calls. And I just want to keep highlighting this because i think we are all imagining some like very tense in person meetings and really, everyone was kind of just on the phone. I mean, we're all imagining the board room from Succession, right? Yeah. Like that's what's in
0: everybody's mind as we go through this. Like a bunch of people sitting around a table, raising their hands, like with great intention.
2: I, yeah. I'm saying I don't even know if their cameras were on. <laughs> like th- this is a lot of people who are like alone or like in small groups of, of, of people in various places. Also, well,
3: just very important note: ten billion dollars from Microsofts can still not make you
2: use Teams. it is the most important Uh uh-huh so we start hearing there's all this pressure and alex actually hears hey they might bring him back so alex and i just start calling everyone uh and we broke this we beat i don't remember who we beat but we beat someone by six minutes to the story that OpenAI's board is in negotiations to bring altman back and the most important piece of that story is he was ambivalent about it That was reporting that we had. And his condition was, I'm not going to go work for these people again. They just fired me for no reason. They all have to go. Which is understandable. (laughs) like Just an incredible condition to impose, right? So even from that moment, like we get this reporting, we break the story. We're like high-fiving. I'm thinking, and Alex is thinking, okay, to make this happen, four people have to publicly admit they made a mistake and resign in disgrace- yeah, this is a, a high mountain. Who knows what will happen next? And then we spent the rest of the weekend on the phone. Yeah, Alex, what was your sense
0: of whether that those were kind of real requests? Whether that was, again, Sam saying, I'd like to come back. Here's my rational list of what it will take. Or Sam being like, fuck me, fuck you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think it was pretty clear that Sam had the upper hand as of like Saturday midday. And then... You know, we had reported that they had a 5 p.m. deadline to reach a deal uh, with the board. And the thing that was going to happen at that point was if it wasn't reached, Sam's camp was telling the board there's going to be mass resignations. You know, the entire company is behind us.
0: Is that why you think he had the upper hand? Like just because it was so clear so quickly that OpenAI as a company was behind him?
3: I think what everyone underestimated is the resolve of what ultimately was three people to not have him come back but at the and the thing is like the board has been radio silent you know aside from that initial statement and an internal email that reiterated the statement to employees sunday night no one from the board has said anything publicly not they haven't elaborated on anything so that's important but it seemed like sam was getting the upper hand the 5 p.m. deadline passes on Saturday. I'm at a party and Eli is like, we're, I'm like stepping aside and Eli is calling me and we're like, what is happening? Does this mean mass <laughs> resignations? And then we look on X and I, I want to note it is deeply ironic that all of this has been playing out on X because it's yes. all training data for Grok. It's all training data for Elon's OpenAI competitor. Uh, and this is all
2: just a plan to poison Grok.
3: You're like, right. Grok, how do I replace the CEO? And it's like, here's some ideas. Right. And, uh, and it's also, there's a lot of deeper irony there with Elon we can get into at some point. But we saw this very public display of support for Sam Saturday night with pretty much everyone at OpenAI, you know, quote tweeting him with the heart emoji, right?
0: Yeah. So Sam tweets something like, I love the OpenAI team. And as if they had, you know, coordinated this in like a high school cafeteria, they all quote tweeted it with hearts.
3: They all quote. T- exactly. Major high school calf vibes. And then uh, we're all thinking like, OK, this maybe means uh, he won. Like we're all we're t- like Neil and I are scratching our heads. And then, you know, you wake up the next day and you realize that was a pressure campaign to show that Sam actually did have the backing of the whole company.
2: Yeah. And so we had heard we we had reported this 5pm deadline, 5pm Pacific. So that deadline just comes and goes. And we are scrambling, texting everyone in the universe, like, what is happening? This was a deadline, right? Everyone's supposed to quit. So they start tweeting the hearts. And it was actually very unclear whether this was, we're all quitting right now, or Sam has won. And the online reaction was, like instantly polarized right binary reaction like people are like sam's one it's done and our instinct was we would know right like this is cryptic we're doing high school away messages on x it's it's absolutely not done but we still don't know and there was no further conversation after that like i was basically told go to bed by a source like mm. you're done <laughs> for the day like we did this thing we it's the show of force like Everyone has to go to sleep now. We'll try again tomorrow. So that was the end of that day. Um, I will say that my favorite conspiracy theory about this is that a misaligned AI was instructed to get people to watch the Las Vegas F1 Grand Prix, which started at <laughs> 1 a.m. Eastern. And I was like, this almost worked. Like, I almost watched this, but I went to bed anyway. But then we woke up the next morning and we were, it was basically the status quo. Like, this pressure campaign had not moved anything. We were told, Kara Swisher has reported this. We were told that there was a noon Pacific deadline, which they blew right by. And then we reported again, there was another 5 p.m. deadline. So my response to that was, is this real? Like you can only issue so many 5 p.m. ultimatums in your life, especially in sequential days. And I was told, yes, this is a hard deadline. It's real today. Like either this happens at 5 p.m. today or we go in another path. And I thought, oh man, how do I report this? And that is when Sam tweeted a picture of himself in the OpenAI offices holding a guest badge with the caption, first and last time I ever wear this badge. Which is, right, that's the ultimatum. Like, either this is getting fixed or I'm never coming back here again. And so that was when I felt comfortable saying, okay, it's like, we're doing the 5 p.m. thing again, but I've got the guy, like, issuing the ultimatum. Like, this makes sense to me. Yeah, so then
0: they then spent the whole day at OpenAI headquarters hashing this out. Basically having what I would assume is just the same fight over and over and over again, Sam trying to get the board
2: to resign in disgrace and the board not <laughs> wanting to resign in disgrace. There was some internal discussion there about picking the successors for the board. And the, the feeling, and we, we don't have this on the site, but it's, so this is a little shakier, but the feeling was they people were suggesting candidates. We heard a lot of what I would call like Web 1.0 names. Cheryl Sandberg was in the mix, like okay. right? Marissa Myers in the mix, like all these like old heads who are from that era, you know, the adults, like we're going to hire adult supervision for Google. Like I was like, when is Eric Schmidt going to show up? Right. Like this is these are the kinds of people we're talking about.
3: Yeah. I mean, if you saw a very public Web 1.0 tech executive, like tweeting support of Sam over the weekend, they were most likely trying to get on the board.
0: <laughs> dick costello just
3: appears out of nowhere at
2: one point alex is like these people are just like in the firmament they're available to show up and like run your company for a couple of years mm-hmm. like brett taylor we should know i mean brett taylor with like the guy who literally
3: just negotiated the sale of twitter to elon in the second most dramatic boardroom
2: tech situation of the last decade yeah yeah, it's like it's just like uh, I keep calling him capital A adults, although no one here was acting like an adult, but like <laughs> they, you know, they have that rep. Like, here's the cast of characters. And we had heard that uh, such an Adela was mediating this conversation. Right. And his point of view was he's pretty neutral. He just wants this over with. He needs he needs a story to tell Microsoft shareholders on Monday morning. And that is Microsoft's interest: is stability for its shareholders because they have this massive dependency on OpenAI. And that was one of the other things we should have said on Friday: is that this all happened
0: while the markets were still open on Friday, and Microsoft's stock like tanked yeah. as a result of this happening. Like this was the the biggest public blowback on this was going to come back to Microsoft in a pretty real way. So it makes sense that Nadella was going to be directly involved in doing this.
2: And in this ticking clock for Microsoft. I think it is underappreciated, but it was very real that Microsoft needed a crisp thing to say on Monday morning, one way or another. So I always had it in the back of my head. Like at some point, this has to hit some kind of resolution because Microsoft will not demand it, but will just create a resolution to say to its shareholders. So that there's all this like vetting of these like old heads. The OGs come to town, right? So the vibe I'm getting, and again, we don't actually know if everyone was all together. We know there was a lot of opening high people at that headquarters. We don't know if the board was there, actually. But the vibe we're getting is people are firing names at this board, and the board is not taking it seriously. And in the meantime, they are running their own search for a new CEO because their interim CEO, Mira Mirati, has sided with Sam in the meantime. Like publicly during the hearts campaign on Twitter, she's posting the heart, right? So she's what a sentence she's gone over. (laughs) I mean, it is just absolutely childish when I say these are very flawed human people. Like we're going to win this fight by posting hearts on Twitter is I don't know what to say about it. One day I will like have had enough time to process that situation. But Mira has gone over to team Sam like very publicly. So the board needs a new CEO so that they're getting tossed these names And everyone is hoping that they will accept some names and resign and the new names will take over. And in the meantime, they are looking for a new CEO. And that is more or less what is happening all day Sunday as the 5 p.m. deadline draws ever near. So we hit that deadline. And again, nothing.
0: Alex, what would you have? Where was your head at sort of the end of Sunday? Like, obviously, things get crazy several hours after that deadline but like where were we at the end of that day on sunday do you think
3: i was feeling like if we didn't have an announcement by five it wasn't going to work out and we were kind of getting back channel that by midday sunday things were taking a turn and I I didn't obviously no one could have expected what actually happened. This is the most, like I was saying at the top, bananas thing. Uh, but yeah, I think people were th- generally people who were close to the story were thinking like, OK, uh, he made it very clear publicly. This is the last time he's setting foot in the building. The deadline is passed uh,
0: and it's not looking good. And And there's a version of that that would have been a very dramatic weekend that ended in a relatively... Okay, thing, right? Sam and Greg go off to do something. They bring some OpenAI people with them. OpenAI hires a new CEO. Everybody moves on with their lives. Like that, th- there's a version of this where, like, a lot of people had a lot of feelings, but it turns into a relatively normal corporate change, right? But that is obviously not what happened.
2: Right. The negotiation to bring Sam Altman back has failed. Mira Marathi continues as interim CEO. Microsoft wishes Sam the best and says they'll support him in the new venture. Right. Again, the The thing that needed to happen by Monday morning was a Microsoft statement to the market. And you really just cannot underestimate how much pressure that was applying to the situation. Yeah. So I'm expecting that statement, right? Like, here's the forcing function. We just have to be ready for this deal is going to fall apart. Microsoft is going to issue some holding statement and say, you know, we have a deal with OpenAI. Everything's fine. Our contracts are rock solid. Brad Smith, our chief legal officer, is a great lawyer, like whatever Microsoft is going to say to calm everybody down. But instead, and all credit to Bloomberg, Bloomberg has a report, I don't know, 10 minutes before the thing actually happens, that M- Mira Murati has hatched a plan as interim CEO to just rehire Sam and Greg as employees while the board is out calling people to interview them to be the CEO to replace Mira and so what comes out in the end I'll just like fast forward a little bit is mira's plan was to quickly hire sam and greg as employees again forcing the board to fire all three of them which would have led to presumably lawsuit like who knows what was going to happen in that moment but that was the last swing of chaos when it was i think obvious oh this just fell apart like it we're not in a place where we're negotiating four people resigning. We're in a place where we're actively trying to create legal leverage for a lawsuit to come. And the board is actively trying to replace the person that they just hired to replace the CEO they fired. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's just, just, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's just like
3: this whole thing has been such a blur for Nelai and I. Like when you say all this out loud, it's just truly, it's insane.
0: And it does seem like, I think your, your instinct there is right, Neil, that it's at that point, what you're saying is... I'm not going to quit. You have to fire me. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to cause so much trouble for you that you're going to have to get rid of me. And then I'm going to have ammo kind of in whatever direction I want
2: to use it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And the rehiring of Sam and Greg is like a deeply funny idea. Like you have to fire yeah. them again. <laughs> it's Just, like, just a, like hire them as interns and <laughs> watch them get fired. Yeah. And all three of them will then sue the board. And this is when Alex and I just started sending out hundreds of text messages. This is about to fall apart like this is absolutely about to fall apart and it f- it fell apart and it fell apart in the weirdest way possible which is the board just i didn't even announce no. like I, the information broke
3: yeah this is just like coming from sources like the board has been in a bunker somewhere they don't have a crisis comms team they don't have like people speaking to the media they they've just been radio silent but it starts to trickle out that they've actually named a new CEO uh and it's Emmett Shear
0: Not on my bingo card for who was going to be the next CEO of OpenAI. Not on anyone's bingo
3: card. I think it's very safe to call this one out of left field. Um, Emmett was the co-founder of Twitch, which is a live streaming video site, Um, not an AI company. He's not seen (laughs) as a AI leader. He posted uh, shortly after it Leaks that he was being named CEO, that he got the call for the job that day and took a <laughs> few hours to decide. And, you know, he's a free agent. He left Twitch earlier this year before mass layoffs. They've had two rounds of layoffs since. Uh, I can confidently say that the vibe within Amazon is that Twitch has been uh, a hmm how should I put this uh shit show uh since Amazon <laughs> bought it and so uh no one really thought of Emmett uh I- except the board apparently he is now the CEO and he sent this note internally to employees saying that he was going to conduct an independent review of the board's <laughs> actions which is hilarious <laughs> because he was hired by the board uh I don't think that's possible uh to have an independent review when you are the person uh <laughs> you're
2: represented by the people that you're reviewing I I mean, it just doesn't make sense. And also, those people can callously fire you whenever they want, which they've proven twice in 48 hours that they can do. Okay. and we've been dancing around this this whole time. I really think at this point we should just
3: say who these people are, because at the end of the day, three people set all this in motion. Three people have... Caused OpenAI to explode from within. So should we just get into that? Yeah, do it. Yeah. Okay. So OpenAI is very strange in how it's structured, and this is something that people haven't really been paying attention to because we've been so focused on just the the success of their products with ChatGPT. But OpenAI started as a nonprofit, and so it has this weird structure where there's a nonprofit. There, there's a flowchart which is like perfect for decoder. There's a flowchart <laughs> uh, on OpenAI's website, and it I I challenge you to look at this.
2: Flow chart and try to make sense of it. It is one of the most confusing. I just want to be very clear. You can definitely make sense of it and they've drawn it to be more confusing than it actually is.
3: Okay. Well, that is hundred
2: percent true. We're yeah.
3: going to redraw the flow chart now because yeah. it's all different. But, um, so there's this nonprofit with this board that controls it. And importantly, the board of open AI does not have equity in open AI, which is a really wild thing. And so that's the context of the board. There's three of them, really, that aren't open AI people. So one of them is Adam D'Angelo, who is the CEO of Cora. He operates, uh, I should note, a competing AI chatbot platform <laughs> called Poe. He was the original CTO of Facebook. He's a, he's a known quantity in Silicon Valley. He's, he's a really well-connected guy. There's a woman named Helen Toner who has ties to the effective altruism movement. She used to work at open philanthropy. She's now at Georgetown. She funds AI safety stuff. She was actually on our stage at Code in September with Casey Newton talking about AI safety. And then the other one is a woman named Tasha McCauley, who is the former CEO of Geosim Systems. And as far as I can tell, Basically, no one in tech that I know knows who she is. Okay. So that's the three people. And they are the ones who basically decide to bring Emmett in. Because as we find out in the next turn of the story, the guy that we thought was the the architect, the the mastermind of all of this,
2: flipped. Which we can get into. Yeah. So Emmett's a weird choice. Emmett's a weird choice and also openly... A decelerationist, which is a, a phrase that the AI community yeah. loves to use. Like, there's videos of him being like, "This is terrifying. We should slow it down. This will extinguish all value in the cone of light," which is a real thing he says. Wow, it's amazing. Like, and his his point of view is we should slow AI innovation way down before, so we can get a handle on how dangerous it is. Yeah. So you can see where the board is, right? This is a split that we've been hearing about the entire time. OpenAI is playing with dangerous toys and Sam is r- running too fast. So we brought in Emmett Shear to slow this whole thing way down. Yeah, I think that's right. And then on
0: the flip side, very early this morning, Neil, I think to your point correctly to get something out before the stock markets opened, Microsoft announces it has hired Sam Altman and Craig Brockman to run... I believe the phrase is an AI
2: research lab. An advanced AI research team is their statement. And can I just read this statement from Satya Nadella? Please do. Which just contains magnitudes. We remain committed to our partnership with OpenAI and have confidence in our product roadmap, our ability to continue to innovate with everything we've announced at Microsoft Ignite, and in continuing to support our customers and partners. We look forward to getting to know Emmett Shear and OAI's new leadership team. And working with them. And we are extremely excited to share the news that Sam Altman and Greg Rockman, together with colleagues, will be joining Microsoft to lead a new advanced AI research team. We look forward to moving quickly to provide them with the resources needed for their success. In the journalism business, we call that bearing the lead. <laughs> <laughs> and importantly, Sam Altman is being given the title of CEO at Microsoft, which is inside microsoft's corporate politics like a big deal right there are not a lot of ceos at microsoft usually when they acquire a big company they give those people the ceo title so the person who leads linkedin has a ceo title uh, the person who leads github has a ceo title phil spencer is now the ceo of microsoft gaming and that's a big deal you can go listen to that decoder episode where i ask him what that that title shift means and it basically means he has his own resources Right, he's split off from Microsoft. Your own P&L. Well, well I don't know, it was an <laughs> episode. It basically means you have your own resources and you are more of a free agent to run your little division like it's a own little company. So this is the arrangement Sam is getting. What I will tell you is I read this statement, especially that we look forward to getting to know Emmett Shearer. They don't know, they don't know these people. They don't know what's going to happen with OpenAI. They don't know if Emmett's going to turn the pace of innovation way down. But they are able to tell the market, hey, the, the face of the AI winning that we've been doing as Microsoft now works at Microsoft. Does Sam Altman have a contract to work at Microsoft yet? Like, I don't know the answer to that question. Does Sam Altman, the guy who used to run Y Combinator, who has his hands in every startup in the universe, has multiple investment funds, is thinks of himself as the guy who was running the hottest AI startup in the world on its way to making AGI. Does he want to be a Microsoft employee? I, like, I truly do not know the answer to that question. I do know that this statement utterly worked to not only calm the market, but to send Microsoft stocks skyrocketing. And we are now sitting here saying, do we need to pre-write Microsoft is now a $3 trillion company? Because <laughs> the stock, as we are speaking, is like to the moon. So this statement worked. I'm just cautioning everyone. This, in my view, is a holding statement. It's still a holding statement. Well, I think knowing what we know about Sunday,
3: knowing that Microsoft really wanted to have this buttoned up by markets open, this was decided like uh, it was like almost like 1 a.m. Pacific. Yeah, I was asleep, like straight up. I was like, I'm done now. I'm thinking that like, OK, surely nothing more is to come. And then at, like around one, Adela tweets us, And luckily, Tom Warren is waking up in London and, and gets it on the site. It's nuts. But but I think there's an important thing here, which is we know that Microsoft wanted to get this done. I have to imagine that whatever got Sam and Greg to agree to go to Microsoft was a lot. I imagine they had all the leverage in that situation because they'll they'll just go do their own thing, right? Like we've all been saying. Microsoft cannot make it look like the the company that they have literally bet their AI Azure future on is imploding before their very eyes. Yeah. And so... I have to imagine this is going to go down as one of the best packages uh, ever from a big tech company to to a team to come there because they had all the leverage that night.
0: I agree. So this just real quick. this brings us to winners and losers. Wait, we're not done with the story yet. We're not. There's one more turn, but we're going to get to that. But first, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. All right, we're back, and we are
0: back with the last and current turn of the story, which is a letter. So much of this all is just happening, people writing texts to each other. It makes me very happy. Neil, since you're our quote reader for the day, do you, do you want to read part of this letter? Yeah. It's truly spectacular. From a bunch of OpenAI employees, they, they, they wrote an open letter to the board.
2: Keep in mind, this all starts with you know a 5 p.m. deadline. Which is there's going to be mass resignations unless Sam comes back. They've blown right. the deadline twice, and Sam has now announced to go to Microsoft. The markets think Microsoft has conducted a uh, the greatest act we'll hire in tech history with no regulatory oversight. Like, I have a version of that idea from like five thousand people in my text message yeah. box. Like, Sachin Del is a genius. Okay, what no one is counting on is like, oh, people still want to do the plan. Right. Like, if you say you either hire Sam or we all resign, a lot of people are going to try to resign when you don't hire Sam back. So 500 plus employees out of 700 employees.
3: Yeah, it's I mean, by the time this episode comes out, it will it will have been the whole company.
2: The letter says, We, the undersigned, may choose to resign from OpenAI and join the newly announced Microsoft subsidiary run by Sam Altman and Greg Brockman. Microsoft has assured us that there are positions for all OpenAI employees at this new subsidiary should we choose to join. We will take this step imminently, unless all current board members resign, and the board appoints two new lead independent directors, such as Brett Taylor and Will Hurd, and reinstates Sam Altman and Greg Brockman. Importantly, Ilya has signed this letter, and he has tweeted, I deeply regret my participation in the board's actions. I never intended to harm OpenAI. I love everything we've built together, and I will do everything I can to reunite the company. Mira has signed this letter, and Sam has now, quote, tweeted, Ilya with three heart emojis, which... I just saying this. I want to point out we are talking about ten to eighty billion dollars in shareholder value <laughs> is happening with heart emojis on Twitter. It's it's the most emo thing. I've listened to "Letter to Elise" like ten times this weekend because because when I was in college, I would just use the lyrics to "Letter to Elise" by The Cure as my aim away message. <laughs> that, that's where we are emotionally with this situation. This means the board might succumb to this pressure campaign because they're going to lose their entire company. All these employees are tweeting, OpenAI is nothing without its people. The board might succumb. They might reinstate Sam. This whole Sam is now the CEO of a Microsoft research team might not come to pass. I truly do not know what happens next. And that's what I mean by Microsoft needed some clarity, and they got it today in a move, which maybe seems like Nadella is a genius, but also may have just created enough stability for the next chapter to play out.
0: So... Alex, there are two things in here that jump out to me that I'm really curious about. One, this means Microsoft has made very clear, very loudly that anyone who wants to leave OpenAI can go work for Microsoft, which is a pretty ruthless thing to do to a company that you've been saying we, you know, are committed to our partnership and look forward to getting to know the new leadership team. And the other thing is, this is the final form of the kind of the board against the world thing. This is not, quote, tweets and heart emojis. This is... Literally the vast majority of the company saying in no uncertain terms, we will leave unless you do this. I'm always of the mind that it's one thing to make big noises about quitting your job. It's another thing entirely to quit your job. This does feel like the board is going to have to call a lot of bluffs and in a way that it's probably going to lose at this moment in time,
3: right? Yeah, I mean, what I was hearing over the weekend is that Ilya is really the wild card here. He has a lot of respect internally. He's a co-founder, he runs the research teams. The fact that he flipped and is now saying, "I'm also going to go to Microsoft means there really is no open AI anymore. Uh, because, uh, that was always the key man is like, if Ilya is still there, there's still a chance that, you know, they're not going to be this like breakneck commercial entity that they have been under Altman, but they at least will do leading research because the research community respects him. If he is gone, it is literally Adam D'Angelo, Tasha McCauley, and Helen Toner. Those people are going to be all that's left of open AI.
0: Yeah, he was kind of the truest believer, right? Like if you wanted to pick somebody who was like the most held on to the original vision of open AI, you'd probably pick Ilya, right?
3: So The Atlantic has this incredible in-depth story about open AI that everyone who's listening to this should go read. And there is a scene uh, where they had a leadership offsite, I think it was last year, and Ilya has a wooden effigy that he literally sets on fire at the meeting to represent non-aligned AGI, which is, you know, this is like the idea that, you know, they're creating AGI in an unsafe way. I mean, it's kind of a religious thing in more ways than I think people get in the AI community. But yeah, that's, that's, I think for you, if you want to understand kind of the cultural divide, which is maybe where we go next here, but like the culture divide within OpenAI has become somewhat religious in the last year or so, uh, as the, companies become commercialized
2: i told alex that uh, a real headline we should write after this is the rich people are crazy <laughs> because this is religious fervor now these are people who believe that they are going to create the power to destroy the universe and that is how they talk about it it's, it's not like a imposition of class warfare on billionaires it's no you should listen to the billionaires talk and you should listen to what they call effective acceleration and deceleration. And there is a schism there that is beyond cultural, right? It has reached a level of religious fervor that is making them act irrationally. And that might be appropriate. Like, if you thought that the thing you were building could destroy the world, you should probably reach into some like principles that are not just made up, which is like how you find religion. But that's, like, there's no moderating force on that, right? There's no, like, centuries of church dogma or liturgy, like, whatever. There's some forum posts about effective accelerationism that they're all reading, that they've just made up. And, like, that's weird. And it's it's worth some scrutiny outside of the sort of boardroom or chart battles that, you know, that's where I like to focus my attention. But there's something here that is making these people act irrationally and with not just like religious fervor, but with like martyrdom fervor. Like they will kill the company because they believe this is so right. Right, And what's great about this story is that
3: this tension is actually personified in the org chart. So going back to how <laughs> ridiculous it is that o- the way that OpenAI is structured, they have this nonprofit board that controls the company effectively. They can fire people, et cetera. They get to decide when the company has reached AGI, which is a very important uh, power to place in a company that's whole mission is around creating creating AGI. And so you have that one side of the equation. And on the other side, you have the for-profit entity that OpenAI created under Sam Altman to raise all of the money from Microsoft, hire all of the top talent from all of the big tech companies that they have in the last year to build wildly successful commercial products. And Sam Altman is on stage at Dev Day. I was there a couple of weeks ago saying, we are going to be the app store for AI. We are going to start sharing our revenue with you. We're going to give more of our technology to our developers. We are going to be a platform. So inherent in the structure is this tension where the commercial entity is charging ahead with something that the board is tasked with protecting and ultimately deciding. And Incentives drive behavior here, and so it's just really interesting to look at. Like, maybe this was always going to happen. Uh, you know, the the favorite theory I've heard over the weekend was like, this is actually Elon Musk's poison chalice because <laughs> he named OpenAI, he really set it up, uh, gave it its first donation, set up the uh, nonprofit structure, and
0: maybe this was always going to happen. Well, and then it importantly, stopped giving that money when he stopped being part of the company was a big part of like semaphores reporting from a while ago. Right. That was part of when OpenAI realized we need a lot more money to do the kinds of things we're doing. They went to Microsoft to get both the capital and the compute to do it. And all of a sudden you're just kind of off to the races. And as soon as you decide you want the money, it becomes very hard to not want the money anymore. That's one of the things we've seen over and over. And like this idea that you can have a nonprofit overseeing a for-profit company is not unheard of in tech. It's fairly unusual, but like Mozilla is a version of this kind of org chart. Signal is a version of this kind of org chart. Like it's possible to do but it comes with a really complicated set of trade-offs in every case. Like Mozilla's thing, and Neil, and I know you and I have both talked to Mitchell Baker, the CEO of Mozilla, about this. Mozilla's for-profit company gets most of its money from Google, yep. which to Mozilla, the nonprofit that wants to make the internet better, feels really bad. But without that money, <laughs> you can't do the work anymore. And so this, this tension is never going to stop going away, or this tension is never going to go away. And so... You eventually need somebody in charge who is either so mission driven that they stay that way no matter what, or you get into the Sam Altman thing where you eventually start chasing the money and then the money gets big and then
2: that's what you become. So I I, I said this earlier, and I'm not going to try to describe an org chart on a radio show, but it is very true that the flow chart that OpenAI has published about its ownership structure is like consciously more complicated than it needs to be. There's only three boxes on the structure. Most of the extra boxes are just labeling who owns what. So there's OpenAI, the public charity of 501c3 that owns a holding company which co-owns OpenAI the commercial entity with Microsoft. That's it. That's the whole structure of this thing. There's a there's a charity that owns a holding company so that employees can have some equity in the on the holding company and then there's the commercial thing that goes off and does all the work. That structure exists all over the place. It does not exist in Silicon Valley. So uh, outside of Mozilla and these other things that are run is, you know, they're sort of like not capitalistic in their way. <laughs> right. In Silicon Valley, everything is like a Delaware organized C Corp with VCs on the board and now all over the place, super voting shares for founders. Like there's a way to do it. And they do that because this stuff happens when you don't. <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> like that's why they do it, right? Like founder drama with their VCs, like. The story of Uber exists, right? The story of Apple exists. Like, do you know every single year Meta shareholders vote to remove Mark Zuckerberg? Yeah. Yeah. And he just outvotes them because he has super voting shares. Like, it just doesn't matter that the shareholders of Meta are like, get this guy out of here. Year after year, because he has super voting shares. Right. So you get a structure like this, and these shenanigans become possible. But then you look around the world... And you see functional structures like this at very big companies, at very important companies. Uh, someone pointed out to me that Bosch, which is a huge German engineering firm, very successful in the car world and the engineering world, is organized basically like this. There are companies that are owned by the towns they're in in Europe. Like all these other structures exist. And this org chart, people look at it and you look at it and you're like this is crazy. If you just spend a few seconds looking at what these boxes mean. And I don't know why some of them are ovals and some of them are squares. Like <laughs> It's just three boxes, yeah. right? At the end of the day, there's OpenAI, the charity, that owns a holding company, that owns OpenAI Global, which is the commercial entity, and Microsoft is a big investor in that entity. And that means Microsoft does not have a lot of control over this board, which I think has become a real problem for Microsoft at this yep. point in time. It means that Sam Altman did not have super voting shares to stop it, but it also very importantly means That the board was too small and too inexperienced, made a hasty decision, and there was no governance check on their behavior. And I think that is like the fundamental mistake of the structure, not the structure itself.
3: Or we find out that, and I I don't think this is the case, but I just want to play devil's advocate, or we find out that like OpenAI invented God in the last two weeks. There's this (laughs) this clip of Sam Altman uh, at a conference in San Francisco the day before he was fired saying that like there's been a few moments in his career where they've gotten to push back the veil of ignorance. And like he, he was talking as if like, you know, they had made fire and he said one of these These moments happened in the last couple of weeks. So everyone is reposting that clip saying, what if they realized they had AGI or what if they realized the model was about to just accelerate in a way that no one could have predicted? I will say that Ilya has been doing a press tour and being pretty open that the model capability is going to progress a lot faster than everyone thinks. So there has been you know a lot of theory to that, but it, what it looks like right now is, is inexperience and the board not realizing what was going to happen when they made such
2: a rash decision. And I just want to put this out there. The other thing I've heard is it's not that Microsoft and the commercial entity of OpenAI and SAM didn't think safety was a problem. Right, like Kevin Scott, the head of AI at Microsoft, was on stage with me at code and we talked about AI safety and the limits and like how careful they should be. This is a thing that Microsoft is publicly talking about. So if OpenAI's board is saying, Okay, we're we're going too far ahead, their entire job is communicating that there's a misalignment. Their entire job is saying to Sam, Hey, you're over the line. Like pull it back or we're going to fire you. Instead, they just fired him. Instead, they just went ahead. They gave Microsoft one minute notice that they're going to fire Sam. And so like the fundamental job of this board is to communicate and set limits and they just didn't do it. Yeah. Well, so, and this is
0: another good moment to put a button on what you said earlier, Neal, which is that we actually don't know the whole story behind why he was fired in the first place. And Emmett Shear in his, weird long tweet announcing that he is ceo at the very end says pps before i took the job i checked on the reasoning behind the change the board did not remove sam over any specific disagreement on safety their reasoning was completely different from that i'm not crazy enough to take this job without board support for commercializing our awesome models so before that i'm like okay OpenAI wants to go back to being essentially a research organization fine like Whatever you want to say about that decision, that is at least a decision. Now it's like, okay, well, then what are we what are we doing here? Like (laughs) what what fight are we having here? It's I'm sure there are people who know, but that part does not seem to have come out in any way that I find at all sort of satisfying.
3: What I think we will find out is that this is a classic business dispute. I mean, yes, there are obvious concerns uh, on different sides of the uh, debate here about AI safety. And I do think that played a role. But what we just saw was a couple of weeks ago, OpenAI hastily, and I can say this confidently because I was part of the the press scrum and getting pre-briefed and all this about the, the App Store stuff, like very hastily, OpenAI announced a major business expansion that Sam Altman led, right? They had this huge conference and were like, we are pushing ahead. We're going to be a new platform. And if I had to guess that Probably led to a lot of this because Sam was clearly caught by surprise. There was nothing, you know. It normally, if this had been like a long gesticulating thing over months, it would have leaked in in dribs and drabs. And it really just came like a thief in the night. And so there was a breaking point here very recently. And the thing I can point to is (laughs) Sam getting on stage and saying, "Guess what? We've been going 100 miles an hour. We're going to go 200 miles an hour, and we're going to become an even bigger business."
0: And what seems clear now is that a bunch of people at Microsoft, including Satya Nadella, saw that and said, hell yeah. And <laughs> at least one person inside of OpenAI said, hell no.
3: Yeah. I mean, this is like, essentially, this is capitalism versus
0: hippies. I mean, that's
2: what this story is.
0: <laughs> it's the story of Silicon Valley, man. Yeah.
2: I think that's too reductive. I, I, again, I, the religious aspect of this is just not to be underestimated. Microsoft sees this and says, yeah, go even faster because every one of these queries runs on an Azure server. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> right, like that that's great for them. They're, they're, they're ready to go. The OpenAI board sees this and says, okay, you're going to give people the ability to make computers go take actions in the real world without any oversight and let them build whatever AI tools on our model that they want and resell them and create a commercial incentive to do that without any safety checks whatsoever. And that is opposed to our mission. That is like real. That is a moral dilemma. Do you remember,
3: I mean, we were just talking about this on the Vergecast. We were talking about how this store... And these this agent API thing is going to open them up to a world of hurt. I mean, they literally had to say on stage, "We will indemnify you for any copyright violation that may occur from creating bots on our platform." It was very and like I went to a Q and A with Sam after they announced this at Dev Day, and it was clear that they had not thought through the details. Right, like they they hadn't decided on how much revenue they were going to share with creators, uh, how the store incentives were going to be aligned. Um, it was all just being done kind of on the fly, and we were all going like this sounds like a disaster like it's a smart business play if you are sam altman the venture capitalist right it's like yes this is what you want to go do you want to build a moat around you know the fastest growing consumer product of all time you want to be a platform but it was clear that they were moving a million miles a minute
2: yeah and also the problems are not hard to imagine okay you creator sets up a gpt bot that just spams people in their email with marketing messages does OpenAI want to be sharing revenue with that creator? Is that a thing you want to incentivize? You can make it even worse. It's connected to Dolly, right? Okay, you want to make deep fake nudes of people. And that's an app you want to sell in the GPT store. Does OpenAI have the content moderation ability to stop it at scale when millions of people realize this is a thing they should try to sell? Like The most wild thing
3: I heard at Dev Day was that OpenAI uses GPT to moderate GPT. Yeah. It uses the AI to moderate the AI and that's that how they were right. And that's how and that's
0: how they were going to approach the store. Yeah, I mean it's it's truly bananas. Yeah. So I think th- there's a lot still to sort out here, right? I think including the question of like does Sam Altman actually ever work for microsoft and i think we're going to talk about this a lot for a long time i suspect but just to let's just put a button on this moment for now because if we stay on here too long more news will break and this will all be out <laughs> of date so we need to like put this thing on the internet just five minutes i want to do real quick who won and who lost over the last four days and then we're going to get out of here i'm just going to throw some names at you and you guys are going to tell me winners and losers sound good
2: i mean this sounds like an
0: impossible exercise it's going to be great i'm excited about it here we go person number one satya nadella I feel like big winner
2: of the weekend, right? He might be the only winner. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Everyone thinks he looks very clever today. I do not know long-term if having your stock price swing this much on the actions of one or two people is a good thing for Sachin Nadella.
0: Fair. Uh, Okay, person number two, Sam Altman. I genuinely can't decide. Loser. Huge,
2: huge loser. Really? Yeah, without question. Huge loser. He was the guy. And now he, he might still be, he might start a new company, he might go work for Microsoft, he might take everyone with him, but losing the thing you founded is the worst. And it might be that he returns to open AI in 12 years like Steve Jobs. But in the meantime, right, the most likely outcome is he owns Next. Is this right. his Elon
0: like, Musk style Joker origin story? Like, is that?
2: Yeah, I, I don't. I, there's no. I, I come back to the very beginning. It's great to think that all these people are, are cogs in a machine and it's a narrative that's playing out. And it's a like, you know, people write about it that way. Sometimes we write about it that way. These are people, you know, and like whatever he does next is going to be deeply colored by just the emotional damage of this weekend in the sense that he can't trust the people he thought he could trust. And maybe that's just the reality of being the guy who ran Y Combinator for a long time. Maybe he was already like that, you know? He's been in the scene for a long time. He knows a lot of people. But to go from the top of the world to Microsoft employee in 48 hours, no matter what happens next, he is not the winner today. I think he is
3: more a winner than Neilai, but I don't think he's a full winner. I mean, I think, like Sam, like I was saying, looks like he had all the leverage with Microsoft. Microsoft needed a way to message that this was under control. I imagine he extracted some insane deal terms out of Nadella late last Sunday night. And if he does get the entire OpenAI team to come to Microsoft and he gets to run it like his own little fiefdom, like LinkedIn has its own email, right? Like it's its <laughs> own building, its own. Do you think he gets to use Google Meet? <laughs> <laughs> That's well, maybe, that you know, that may have been the biggest concession of all was that Nadella <laughs> agreed that they don't have to use Teams internally. We'll find that out. I'm sure Tom is on that. But I mean, I'm thinking to why they created the commercial entity. It was because they needed funding for compute to train their models. And Microsoft showed up with a bag, mostly of cloud credit, interestingly saying we will give you all the compute you need microsoft has gone on what i've seen some uh, analysts saying is the most expensive infra private company infra build out of all time with its ai data centers something like 50 plus billion dollars in the last uh, few years so if Sam, sam gets the insulation of being an independent company within a mega cap company and all of the resources that he was desperately trying to raise money for for the last few years anyway and all the people from the company I mean it seems like he wins I mean you know like I don't like he seems like a winner to me certainly this is like for his like yeah trusting people uh not great but I think he's more a winner than
0: Eli all right I I have a bunch more but I actually think I think you're right most of them are pretty easy open AI
2: obvious loser Google Winner or loser. Google is the most vindicated of any company right now, right? They they got so much heat for being slow and not rushing the stuff to market. And now they're vindicated because OpenAI itself just tore itself apart over the idea of going a little bit slower. And Microsoft, which is, recall, Nadella on Decoder, I want to make Google dance. I want them to know that it was me who made them dance. Incredible quote. Is now having to start a new division set it up, give it research funding while navigating, meeting Emmett Shear, which is literally in the statement, they have to meet this guy. Like, I, if you're Google, you're like, wow, we were right to go slowly and carefully and our moment will come to us. Also, we have better distribution for our AI search product than anybody in history. Like, maybe we'll just continue to steamroll the industry. I don't know if that's gonna happen. I don't know if Google can actually execute. Oh, there are many, many questions, but if you are Sundar Pichai today, you're like, phew, Miss that one. You know, like, you're just fine. I think that's right. I think that
0: this is the most, like, aggressive wrench of instability into its biggest competitor that Google could have possibly hoped for. Bard still sucks, though. So there's that. (laughs) Anthropic. Alex, you brought this up earlier. Is the team at Anthropic just, like, giggling and high-fiving right now?
3: I mean, yeah. Anthropic was created for a similar reason. I don't know if there was a coup that was failed and that's why Anthropic got formed, but they all worked at OpenAI. They had, they were the kind of more decelerationist, effective altruism, you know, movement. They broke off as a separate faction, created another AI lab, and, you know, they haven't had the commercial success of open AI. I think it's worth noting that the only AI startup that has been you know, successful commercially is open AI. Like there's Claude, there's all these chatbots, like their usage pales in comparison. So yeah, I think they are winning because of the instability. Like maybe they'll be able to hire some of these people, but I really think everyone lost here, except in the short term, Nadella and Sam
2: Altman. I really do. In the short term, every Microsoft employee is thinking about selling their stock to buy a house.
0: Yeah. I've seen multiple <laughs> tweets of just the screenshot of the stock price saying, thank you, Satya Nadella. Like,
2: yeah. All those people won. Yep.
0: Did anybody else win? I remains to be seen. Fair enough. Okay. Last one. And then we should get out of here. Chat GPT. Is this the end of the Chat GPT era? Is it is it even the end of the story? I don't know. <laughs> I, okay, fair. If we play this out in what seems like the most likely scenario right now, which is that OpenAI becomes significantly kneecapped in some meaningful way, it seems unlikely to me that all of the stuff that we saw two weeks ago at Dev Day comes out the way that we thought it was going to. It seems possible that this organization goes back to being more of a research organization. And ChatGPT, the fastest growing consumer internet product in history, becomes a sideshow for this company again. I mean if there's no one there to operate it. Well yeah, yeah. there's certainly that like <laughs> yeah. I mean that's
3: that's the re- that's where we are right now is like there may not be an open AI by the end of the week, right? Yeah. Like ChatGPT probably over, which is wild but like they'll just recreate it inside Microsoft and and it won't be as cool and it won't be as like, you know, breakneck and you know, move fast break things. You know, Microsoft is like a you know, regulated monopoly. They are going to move very slow and thoughtfully on like how this is rolled out uh, because they have to, right? So, yeah, I do think this marks this decidedly marks the move fast, break things era of generative AI. Uh, I think that's pretty safe to say.
0: I think so too, without question. The like craziest rise and fall of a
2: app I can think of, unless Microsoft just takes it. Like, I do not know what happens next. Like, we're gonna we're gonna end this podcast. And I'm going to go think about the org chart a little bit more. And by the time I'm done looking at the boxes, everything might be different. And I think that is, again, the weirdest outcome of all of this is we still don't know. It's been, we might be on to six CEOs of OpenAI by the end of this week at the rate we're going.
3: Each one of the board members is going to become the CEO until there's yeah. only one of them left.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is nuts. And it is, uh, I think, one of the most riveting corporate dramas of our time. but It is also just, frankly, one of the saddest. Yeah, agreed. All right, I think we're done here. Neil, you want to you wanna take us out? That's it. That's the Vergecast. That was also Decoder. We love hearing what you think of our shows. You can send us emails at vergecast.verge.com or decoder at We read them all. You can follow us all on Threads, where we broke a lot of news this weekend. Sign of the time for Threads, I will say. Uh, although most of the action was still happening on X, a lot of it happened on Threads. And very importantly, you can subscribe to Alex's newsletter, Command Line, which I am 100% confident without having asked Alex first, is going to be full of scoops about what's happening at OpenAI for the next 500 weeks to come. I hope so. I, su- I sure do. That's it. Rock and roll.
0: And that's it for the Vergecast this week. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 866 verge 11 The Vergecast is a production of The Verge and Vox Media Podcast Network. Our show is produced by Andrew Marino and Liam James. That's it. We'll see you next week.